and welcome back to the Sports Couch Podcast, episode eight, with your hosts, Nick, Matt, and Chris. Appreciate y'all tuning in again um, for episode eight. The score is Nick, four wins, Chris, two wins, and Matt, one win. We're going to be talking about a couple different things, hot topics today. Uh, first off, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to ask Chris to have a seat on the couch. Uh, and my question, well, first I'll go over all the questions. First question will be, is LaMarcus Aldridge a Hall of Famer? To, uh, another question, should the 49ers draft a quarterback and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? If so, what QB? Could the Knicks win a series in the playoffs this year? Will the Clippers win a title in the Kawhi Paul George era? Is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? And is Steph Curry the best shooter of all time? All right, so we're going to get right down to it. Chris, have a seat on the couch. Is LaMarcus Aldrich a Hall of Famer? Matt, please start the moderation for a minute, starting now. All right, so, all right, Chris. so I'm up. I'm up. Is yes. what's going on? All right. So let me know when to go now. Go right. ahead. So, yeah, go ahead. And, 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 yes, LaMarcus Aldridge will get into the Hall of Fame. Because look, he he had he he retired suddenly because of a heart. What was it? A heart problem? What happened? What was the yeah? Yeah, I think it was heart murmurs, irregular heartbeat, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he he was forty nine points shy of twenty thousand career points. A most he definitely would have got that this season. Um, what else? It, it turned he's a uh, um, five five time All NBA selection. He's definitely right there. Like, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he's definitely right there on the on the border. The, um, the five timers club, who, the five timers club, um, who's, who's, um, what's it called? Hold on, I read that wrong. My fault, guys. Um, yeah, but Aldridge, Aldridge gotta wrap it up, Chris. Profile, like, like for his career, he almost had twenty thousand points in playoff career. He it was two best shots, and I can't even talk today, man. My bad, guys. I guess Nick wins this one, so I can't even get it out. <laughs> All right, but Chris, yeah, he, one last point there, because I got to give it over to Nick. Yeah, I, I fumbled this one. Um, but but That's yeah, right, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. All right, Nick, That's you want to take I'm over your minute? There. Yeah, I really can't um, go against that. I think he's a Hall of Famer as well. Moved to San Antonio last year. I lived there for just about two years and big LaMarcus Aldridge fan. I have his jersey. So maybe I'm a little bit biased here, but but the numbers don't lie. Seven-time All-Star, as, as Chris, meant, Chris mentioned, uh, five-time All-NBA. You know, he's one of only 25 players in NBA history with over 19,000 career points and 8,000 career rebounds. So, I mean, that stat alone is, is pretty jarring. Um, he's, um, you know, uh, he would... He's the Trailblazers all-time leader in total rebounds at 5,434 and their third score uh, leading score of all time at 12,562 points to Chris's point career cut a little bit short 14 year career. You see on average now guys playing anywhere from, you know, 16 to 17 years, I think is, is around the average nowadays for, you know, a star. I think he's been underappreciated for much of his time in the league. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that he could never win a ring All right, Nick, wrap looking it up. At now, but I think he's a hall of famer. It is very unfortunate that he never won a ring. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to bring up, um, as a moderator here, just some, uh, rebuttals here to go along with the points that you guys brought up. I want to bring up to you, Chris, uh, both of you guys seem to say he's a hall of famer. I'm kind of on the fence personally myself. Um, you know, there is a plethora, there are a plethora of players, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, Hall of Famers who don't have uh, championship rings. And especially today when we're putting so much importance on championships, he doesn't even have a championship appearance. So with all those, um, you know, uh, tops for the Blazers, like you mentioned, Nick, the, you know, all time, I mean, for the Blazers, he's uh, three um, all time uh, for field goals, um, but right behind Damian Lillard um, mm -hmm. and Clyde Drexler has a number one there. He's four overall uh, blocks all time for the uh, Trailblazers. So again, I want to just bring up to you guys going into this rebuttal because um, I'm going to try and, you know, not sway, but hear the other side of the equation. If he's not a Hall of Famer, I mean, do you think that the fact that he did something great for one organization would trump overall 
in the league because I'm not sure he's there on all time lists for every team, just specifically for his franchise that he played, you know, a lot of his career with. So um, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Do you think championships have uh, uh, more to do with it than anything else? Oh, the championships, um, you, I guess, could play into a factor, but the problem is he was so dominant for so long. I don't think – because – Regular season's got to count for some things because you can't – not everybody's put right onto a championship team. Like, let's say you replaced him on the Heat with Chris Bosh. He would have two rings right now. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you slid him into Chris Bosh's spot on, the, on those Miami Heat teams, and Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer at the end of the day, and he, he got those two – he wouldn't have won rings if he didn't go to Miami. So if, that's what Aldridge was tr- kind of trying to do at the end of his career. He was going to – Brooklyn to try to get the ring because that's pretty much all that he needed on the Hall of Fame career and Brooklyn and whether Brooklyn won or not was not re- relying on him at the end of the day so all right, Chris, I, I yeah, don't I, think I, championships mean as much getting into the Hall of Fame because then what's the what's the cutoff a lot of players really there's a lot of great players that don't win rings like look at Melo is Melo not going to make not saying Aldridge is as good as Melo but is Melo not going to make the Hall of Fame just because he doesn't have a ring Good points, Chris. Nick, what are your thoughts on that in terms of not only championship uh, rings, but appearances? And if uh, riding on the coattails, not that Bosch did, um, he was a factor, but if kind of, you know, yeah, Bosch was like Jared Dudley. Balling, but Dub, don't yeah, compare him you know, to Jared I'm Dudley. I'm just saying, it, Come on, you know, man. That was, yeah. that was bad. Uh, I'm saying that, you know, Jared Dudley rides <laughs> coattails, and I don't think Bosch did or that Aldridge would have or did. But, Nick, do I'm you re- think, I'm I mean, appearances? I've run in some cold tails to some finals, too. It's okay in my life. <laughs> so, Nick, what are your thoughts on that uh, finals appearances and wins? Yeah, I don't think it really matters too much. And I wouldn't have even called him, you know, riding coattails. Unfortunately, if it, I mean, if he was able to join a, a contender, he would have been a factor. He would have been a factor for the, for the uh, Nets. I mean, this is a guy that LeBron and Melo are the only two active players with more two-point uh, field goals. In the, in the league right now. Obviously, now he's leaving the league. But, I mean, he's a guy that as he he adjusted, as we saw the, the, the spacing move out and kind of the, the game adjust to positionless basketball, he started to shoot three-pointers. He wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he shot around 40%. He sh- shot uh, 49%, extremely efficient overall under the basket uh, in his entire career. And I think that, you know, he would have ha- had – an opportunity to, if he was on a contending team, he would have had a huge impact. Fortunately, he didn't have that. He played for some two very good organizations in the Spurs All right, and Nick. the Trailblazers. But I think everything he accomplished in his 14-year career, um, I, I think you got to put him in. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm on the fence, and you guys are swaying me a little bit. You know, just honorable mentions that we have to bring up in this category. Yao Ming, like I said, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, um, you know, these guys don't have uh, rings, Charles Barkley, um, but they are in the Hall of Fame. And I think he fits that Tracy McGrady sort of ilk in terms of this category. And I think I would have to agree. I think he might slip in, maybe not first ballot. I'm going to have to go with Nick on this one. You know, he came a little bit more prepared with some stats, even though you guys br- both swayed me from kind of initially thinking that um, he might not be. But um, I, yeah, Nick, nice win. I think uh, you brought up some great stats and reminded me again of his all-time list for the Blazers, which, you know what, I think that might come into play with voters later. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, nice win there. Good conversation there, Chris. You got to put us on the you got to put us on the couch now. Right. All right. So for you guys on the couch, Matt's going to go first. Question is, um, Will the Clippers win a title in the Kawhi Paul George era? Matt, have a seat on the couch. Absolutely not. Um, the Clippers are trying to buy their way, in a sense, to a, a championship. You know, you got uh, the the owner all hyped up, clapping his hands at the, on the sidelines. You know, clapping his hands when he signed. You know, got both Paul Trash and uh, Kawhi Leonard. But you know, when you don't show up in the playoffs and you lose a three, one lead when you got arguably a much better team last year in the bubble uh, than the nuggets, you have to show up. Um, If you want to look at something real quick, you know, the Clippers clutch numbers are staggering and, you know, the NBA defines clutch time as the final five minutes of a game. Okay. With the score within five points, the Clippers are 20th in offensive rating in, 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 in the clutch and the 26th 
an effective field goal percentage in that clutch time. So that, that that's, that's all. I mean, you, how many, you got 30 teams. I mean, you can't be that low if you're going to be a contender in the West when LeBron's still in the league, when you have other teams in the West. So unfortunately I think that Kawhi will end up leaving. I think Paul George will probably end up staying there, but there's no chance in my mind that that team uh, in the clutch when it really matters is going to win a championship in the West when you got to get there through. All right. now, what, about, what, about, what about what about your what about your favorite team in the West, man? You can't mention the Lakers. All, all right, Chris. Segues right into Talking you. About the Jazz all season. You're you're on the couch, Chris. Jazz are going to the final. Your minute starts now, Chris. No, they're not. Go ahead. Come on, they're not because they're not better than the Clippers. You know why the Clippers the Clippers probably won't win a championship in the Paul George, um, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard era because I think I think initially I think Kawhi is going to leave and go to the Knicks but we don't need to get yes. into that discussion for another day. He's going to come, he's a, he's a weirdo. He's going to come save the Knicks. But um but no, that's Zion's job, is right? The, the, hopefully him too. I mean, I mean, the Knicks are supposed to get everybody at some point. But, um, <laughs> I was going to say the reason why they they have they do have a chance. They have two of the best players in the league, Kawhi and Paul George. You've already seen Kawhi win a championship with the Raptors. He won a championship with the Spurs. He was finals MVP in both. You could say what he want. Yeah, yeah don't, don't, make, don't make that face, man. He was finals MVP in both. He won the finals MVP. But, but they have playoff Rondo. Rondo is the leadership that they did not have last season. If Rondo was on that team, they would have never lost to Denver in the bubble. Just out of a leadership role, they needed that. Kawhi is not a leader. At the end of the day, he, he's been on teams his whole career where there's a leader there already. Like when he was in Toronto, it was Kyle All right. Lowry. Yep, good points. Was, good obviously, points. with the Spurs, there were a bunch of leaders. But now he, but now they have the leader in Rondo for the playoffs. Yep. That's, All right. So I'll you well, know ask, I'll ask this question now. Good points there. You mentioned Rondo. Um, so outside of you know just Paul George, you can talk. We talked about Kawhi, but. Paul George, maybe you can talk about, but outside of um, those two players, maybe maybe Rondo, maybe someone else. They're a very good defensive team. What might they need to? What pieces are they missing, or what can they do to be true contenders in the West? Um, and how long potentially will that duo stay together in in today's NBA? <laughs> they don't stay together that long if they don't start making moves. If they don't start making moves in the playoffs, so go ahead, Matt. Um, you know, I, 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 I honestly think that, um, you know, Zubak is great, but, um, I don't, I think they could be a little bit stronger at the center position. You know, I love my boy Boogie, but I'm not sure after that little stint with the Rockets says, you know, he doesn't hustle. I don't think that he really has what it takes to, 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 yeah, I think Harold was a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a, a, a is there and, and him and um, Kawhi have a really nice, uh, back and forth, but. I honestly, I'm going to go with my original point that I think that in clutch time in the playoffs, we see how close these games can be, especially in the playoffs. You know, you need to be hitting your shots. You need to be performing in the clutch when you're within five points. You need to not be, hate to say it, but shoot the ball off the side of the backboard, uh, as Paul George did in the playoffs. And I, and I did throw a little shade at him, but he's impressive in the regular season. He has not impressed me in the playoffs. And you can't really call yourself playoff P if you're not, um, you know, making a pass the first round. Good points. You, you got, yeah. Chris, so, uh, stronger. That's, that's why. That's why instead of playoff P, they got playoff Rondo. Chris, like before obviously, obviously oh, for them to make yeah. a run, Boogie's Boogie's got to step up too. Boogie's got to play well. Which in the past, Boogie was all was was the best center in the league just a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago if you think about it. But um, obviously Rondo, Rondo's player efficiency rating in the regular season last year was twelve point four, and in the playoffs it went up to nineteen point eight. Like you understand like he's just he makes the team better he's going to put them in a position where they could win these series obviously I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers but let's say injuries happen like LeBron's out right now and AD's out right now Donovan Mitchell's hurt like all these players are hurt we've seen it when players when when everything comes down to it Kawhi will could win the finals like you know what I mean like it's not I'm not I wouldn't put money on the Clippers but it's definitely possible they have the pieces in place to win all right all right good points by both yeah Matt final I want one clarifying question that stat about um you know clutch factor is that having to do with the playoffs or actually the regular season that is their current rating right now um in the regular season um okay. and they're they're they rank 20th um and I, the stat I was looking at they were ranked 19. And Rondo and is I looked now. at the updated as of last past week. And they are 20th. 
They're twenty. The record with Rondo, ten and one. They're ten and one. What, uh, what I, is I, Rondo's a great factor. Very, Rondo's very, a great factor. Very good. Rondo's been there. Can we look that up? I don't know. We don't, we don't have the time. We don't have the time. But I bet you. I will I say, you, very good like debate here, guys. We got to move on. Uh, very close. I think I got to go with Chris on this one, and uh, simply because of the you know Rondo comment. You know, ten and one. He said just about um, you know since he's been on the team. I think that they were missing a true point guard, someone that can really facilitate on the court. I think Rondo's greatly appreciated. He's a two-time takes champion. Takes the ball out of play. Is he a three-time champion or two-time champion? Two-time. Two-time. Last, last Chris, um, I did the last yeah. 10 games. They are tied for 14th um, so it's, with a couple of teams. Uh, so they did go up, but the okay. last 10 games. But I do think that – since Rondo has been there, over so the hump, been you know, if they do stay healthy, of course, that's always the asterisk. But um, I think that that they're they're better than they are last year. I, I you know, didn't really think about how Ibaka slid right in to uh, where Harold was, and now they got the upgrade of the point guard position. So I think they're Bob in a is not healthy than right they have either. been. Um, and def- defensively, they're one of the better teams in the league. Um, so going with you, Chris. Chris, although I do not think, let the record show, I do not think that they will win. The two of them together. Um, I don't try not to let myself uh, get swayed. Or I tried not to, you know, have my opinion sway the decision. Chris, go ahead. You're on the couch, or you're rather you get to choose the uh, person on the couch. Okay. Um. So in this spot, I'm gonna go with. Should the 49ers draft a QB and move on from Jimmy G? And what quarterback? And I'm gonna put both of you on the couch. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Nick go first here. So Nick, I'm gonna give you a couple seconds to get ready, and let me let me know. I'll I'll start the clock now. Okay, appreciate it. Yeah. So I absolutely think that they they should and they will. I mean, you moved up to the number three pick in the drafts. You got to have your eyes on somebody, and I think it's a quarterback. And what they really, I think what's held them back, they have a great defense. They have a great zone running scheme, um, you know, short passes down the middle of the field. Uh, they like, like getting a lot of guys in space. And if you look at, you know, they have very good linemen. So they're usually throwing from the pocket. A lot of people say, oh, get Mac Jones. No, I think they should get Justin Fields. Um, his uh, from a clean pocket, he's number one out of all the qualified quarterbacks, those five top five quarterbacks that we're thinking of in the draft. He's number one in terms of efficiency in a clean, in a clean pocket. Um, he has the highest accurate pass percentage on throws past the sticks at 68.4%. I think that you add a quarterback that's mobile to a zone run play action scheme, you're going to have you're going to have defenders really not understanding what's going on because now you have to not only defend the run, the very efficient run game, yeah, but now it's the yeah. play action pass and this guy can run. So absolutely, Justin yeah, Fields. I, I, absolutely, I, I, I like that from I, Jimmy G. I definitely like that. Definitely like that choice and the draft choice. Um, Matt, I don't know what what your opinion is, but I'll get into my opinion maybe a little bit after before the rebuttal. But um, Matt, maybe if you want to get into your minute here, so we could so we could get this show moving today. So yeah, you know, right I, now, I, I I I I'm I'm on the fence here because you got. Jimmy G in 2019, when I think they had a, a real great core and they went to the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, you know, yep. he had o- yep. almost 4,000 4, yards, 3,978 yards. You know, he did throw 13 interceptions, but he had 27 touchdowns. And then he fell off a cliff in 2020 and he had seven touchdowns, five, you know, and, well, he, and yeah, less he, interceptions. He was, he, was, he was injured. Yeah, he was, he, he was injured, but still mm-hmm. for the time that he was injured, I still don't think he should be just over the thousand yard range. I honestly think you should keep him. I think when you got a guy who a couple years ago went to the Super Bowl, he has what it takes. I don't think he's that, you know, old or that, you know, beaten up that he can't perform that way anymore. But so I think they should stay with him. But if they were to go with anybody, they got to go with this kid, Trey Lance. I think this kid, Trey Lance would work well with the system that they have. He, he doesn't really get hurt and, you know, or he hasn't gotten hurt. He started all 16 games at NDSU and he passed for, almost 3000 yards with 28 touchdowns. Right. Sounds similar to me like that season Jimmy G had. So, um, I don't know. Okay. I, that's college. That's college. It's different. It's college. I know. I know. But, um, I, I agree with your point. It's, it's tough 
Like, because I don't see how you could move off a quarterback that was in the Super Bowl just last year. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean? It's pretty, it's pretty, it's, that's like, I don't, I don't understand the situation. Like, honestly, as a Pats fan, I kind of hope they get rid of him. So then he'll come back where he was supposed to be. But we got a couple <laughs> more rings instead of keeping him. So I'm not going to complain. But, um, yeah, but it is, but I like that point about the, um, it, how, cause it's re- like not a lot of quarterbacks even get to the Super Bowl in their career. So to move it's off tough. a quarterback that already knows how to get there, even though maybe his stats weren't there, but they still got to the Super Bowl. He didn't mess it up. So maybe Nick and your little rebuttal here for 30 seconds. Do you have any other points that maybe could persuade me to, to understand why they should move off of him, even though he, he could, because he did go to the Super Bowl just two years ago and he got hurt. So. Maybe in your yeah, 30 so seconds. Yeah, this past year, he went to the Super Bowl and he couldn't finish first Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, you look at a team that has had all the pieces that year, and the reason they didn't win that game was largely he was very inefficient in that game. You need someone that's going to take you over the hump. You need – who won – why did the – you know, I think every year when he gets to the Super Bowl, the most efficient quarterback wins the game. He wins the day. And so – what, what can they do to get over that hump to beat a Patrick Mahomes? They need to outduel somebody. And who's going to – I just think that – I think the talent that Justin Fields – and I, I, if it's Mac Jones, I say stay you're with Jimmy sec- G. You're 30 seconds. Justin up, Fields, yeah. I think that he's going to be a very good player in this league. And you make the comment, oh, you know, he went to the Super Bowl. Well, a lot of Come quarterbacks on, went man, to the Super Bowl. It. Rex Grossman went to the Super Bowl in 2007. Wait, He's trash. Okay. So, wait, 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 wait a minute, though. They didn't you're move saying, off you're saying, after that, though. Wait a minute. You're saying the Not most right efficient away. wins the day. And Mahomes had a more efficient year than Brady. And In the got, game. In the game. Don't do it. Don't do that, Matt. But, but, not, but, but wait a minute. That. You're, you're, no, but no, you're saying, no, no, but wait, no, let me no, understand your that. point. You're saying more efficient in the regular season wins the Super Bowl or more efficient in the specific game? In of the, the game. Super Bowl? In, in the, the game. game. Well, I mean, that's a pretty obvious point, you know, to bring the more I efficient quarterback is going to win the day. People always say defense right, wins right, championships. Okay, okay. I've always heard that. I've never heard quarterbacks wins championships. Sure, sure, sure. Quarterbacks definitely have a part in winning championships, as we just learned. I mean, if you didn't know that, you learned it this season. But um, we're going to. Moving, moving off of this, it, I got my rebuttal. It's, it's tough. You didn't get, didn't you get your rebuttal? Yeah, I went first. Wait, did, I, did I get my rebuttal? I don't know. I, I get my rebuttal right now. All, all I gotta say is that based on this back and I'll forth, fall, Matt. no, it's okay. Based on this I, back and forth, I think you should stay with, with 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 Jimmy G. You know, you know, Nick brings up all the time that you get a you know, uh, uh, a coach that wins the Super Bowl, you lock him down, okay? And I think the same way with someone who can even get to a Super Bowl. I mean, look at that year he had. Well, that's what I'm I'm referencing, the Eagles. You know, you let go of your head coach. Nick says if if the Jets made it to a Super Bowl, he'd lock the guy down, let alone win. I don't want to misquote you, Nick. I think you said something along those lines. I think at the end of the day, you give this guy another shot. Maybe you draft somebody, but you don't start him. You keep Jimmy G and you have somebody on the bench. He blew the game. They were up nah, by two nah, scores with seven minutes left, and he blew the game. Seven minutes left, he threw two interceptions. He blew the game. He cost them a Super Bowl. A quarterback Facts. number three if you're not going to start him, number one. I think that's true at all. I don't think you should draft a quarterback at three if you're not going to start him. But the problem is, at the end of the day, if you're in an organization that has been to the Super Bowl, I think – it, you shouldn't like I'm, I'm just getting into my opinion this isn't about who i'm gonna pick i just think at the end of the day it's tough to move off a quarterback that made the super bowl you want stability in your organization like if you move off the quarterback and throw a rookie in there there's no guarantees that he's going to be better and what happens if you move off jimmy g and this rookie is not better than him he turns around and goes to the super bowl with somebody else because he was injured last year all i'm saying is i don't know he blew that game but <laughs> he had a so, but, but i he know had, he blew, he blew the game but he had a phenomenal year and you got to have a good, good, a good year did. to get to the super bowl you got to you can't you don't just show up but, at the super bowl you got to have a good year to get there yeah he had a good but, year so for finish. this okay so for this i'm going to go with nick because he brought up the facts about the um Justin Fields that I wasn't thinking about that they should grab him at three. It's it and it's 
because the um he brought up what was the stat you brought up the pocket efficiency where they keep the pocket pretty clean yeah he's number number one uh from a clean pocket 54 touchdowns and four interceptions the best set of any quarterback in the draft top five court well actually so I think I, that because I, I didn't think about that and i like and recently i've been trying to go with the person that kind of gives me something that i wasn't thinking about right better and late than never chris so I'm, I'm gonna go uh-huh. yeah you know what matt just relax. I know you get a little upset when I go against you. So, but Nick, so no, that was good. That was a good debate. Um, yeah, you they're know. gonna keep his. They're gonna keep him. They're gonna keep him. Oh, well, they'll I keep him for a year, and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these wheels. <laughs> so anyway, um, I just think it's tough. I think it's tough if you want to move off a quarterback that. Um, it's very true. Just went to you got to have a lot of confidence. realistically though. Do you think they could be targeting anyone else at the number three pick? I mean, they moved up. They gave up a lot. Probably not. No, they're probably – they're gonna. it's going to go three quarterbacks in the first three picks. Interesting. All right. That, or maybe they're, maybe they're looking at – maybe they're looking at pairing um, Kittle, having a little two tight end set for Jimmy G. Pitts and Kittle? Oh, my God. That would be great. Oh, my God. That would be nuts. I could see I could see. Kyle Pitts is nuts. the best player in the draft. That would be crazy if, he, if Pitts goes three. Wow, that'd be nuts. All right, Nick. All right. So um, I've already put myself on the couch. So again, I have to put you guys back on the couch. So now we're seeing the, you know, uh, the benefit of not putting yourself on the couch to begin with. So a little strategy involved here for our listeners. Um, so it's two to one to zero right now. Two one zero. And the question for you guys to debate, uh, Chris, you're going to be on the couch first. Could the Knicks win a series in the playoffs this year? Have a seat on the couch. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, the Knicks. I'm a Knicks fan, so I don't want to go biased here. It for them to win a playoff series. I mean, maybe it depends on who they get matched up with. Like if they get matched up with, um, like Boston, they've been playing well against Boston. I'm not saying they're better than Boston, but they know how to play them. And they played them close. They blew them by 20 earlier on in the season. And they just played them and only lost by two. So if they get paired up with Boston in the series, um, it's that's po- it's a possibility. But it, it's tough because especially against them in the playoffs, they're all going to play on a different level. Like, they don't really have – like, Julius Randle's good, but he'd have to play at a, another – like, he has to – he's not a superstar. You know what I'm saying? He's an all-star. But you could be an all-star and not be a superstar. The Knicks are lacking that superstar, so I it, it's tough for me to pick them to win a playoff series this year. Like I wouldn't put money on it. Their defense has been great. I think they have the top defense in the league for at least most of the year. I don't know if it's still that now, but I know that they have one of the best defenses in the league. So defenses do win championships at the end of the day. Like I, but like I keep All saying, right. I'm not trying to let my yep. fandom take over mm-hmm. this discussion. But um, that's all we I have. Though don't think the. Yeah, I don't think they want to play off series because they don't All have right. a superstar. All right. Matt, go ahead. Uh, you know, your your points. You're on the couch. Um, you know, based on uh, a couple different references and places I've looked, uh, the Knicks do have the number one uh, uh, defense in the league uh, right now in terms of defense defense efficiency. And, they, and they've and they been treading between one, two, and three as they've won and lost games. Um, but I believe, that, I believe that they are number one right now uh, in points allowed. And they're, 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 they're not allowed. They're allowing the least amount of points. And I think that there's something magical about the Knicks right now. I don't think the Knicks are going to make it, you know, even through the second round, but I think the Knicks will not only make the playoffs, but they are going to win their first series. They got RJ Barrett. Who's a future fucking all-star Julius Randle is playing at a phenomenal clip, you know, 23 points per game, you know, is six assists. I just think that this guy Emmanuel quickly comes in the clutch as a great, not free you know, on, on in the top five of the starters, I'm saying three in terms of Julius Randle and RJ Barrett being the top two guys that you're going to have yep. the ball. But I think quickly is the number three guy. I think that these guys with a great uh, defensive efficiency, right, defensive right, championships, right. they yep. can win a first round series. All right. Well, good points there. You know, Chris said, had mentioned, oh, they're lacking a superstar. I don't think they're going to win. Matt, you know, mentioning the defensive consistency that they've had this year. I will say uh, Julius Randle, I, I know Chris, he's not who we typically think when we think of superstars. Last five games, he's playing like a superstar. I mean, the guy, 33 and 10, 44 and 10, 32 and 8, 34 and 10, 26 don't, and 8 and 5. I mean, the guy's going off. Right and now. don't count out R.J. Barrett. That guy in the clutch is fantastic. 
All right, guys, you're so telling me Chris, about the Knicks right now. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. I understand. Like, I already, I already know all this stuff. My problem, <laughs> my problem with um, the Julius Randle thing. Hold on, just give me one sec. My problem with like Julius Randle is yes, he's having a phenomenal season. My mm-hmm. problem with Julius Randle is I feel like he's not very efficient at times. Like in the game, like the last game against the um against the the um. Pelicans. He had he took 28, 11 for twenty eight from the field. That's thirty nine percent from the field. He, I, I just feel like he in the other game he eleven for twenty six, seven for nineteen, nine for twenty three, seven for nineteen, five for twenty. It's not that's not an efficient. Their offense is not efficient enough because to get past one of these teams that has a superstar. But what like, about the what right about the past five games? He, he's he's been playing much more efficient. I, I understand. I understand that. But who? But who did they play in the last five games? They played Pelicans team, who's good, but they're young, so it's tough to play a team that's a little older. You know what I'm saying? They played a Lakers team without their stars. It, it's tough. All right. Well, it's all I got. It's, it's, it's all. It's all we have. Because I just have. I just have. Can I just get one one little point? All right. Right now they're lined up to play the Bucks. In the first round, they're the six seed. The Bucks are the three seed. They're, who's going to guard Giannis? They're in trouble if they play one of these. It would have to be like random. The Celtics are deep. The Sixers are deep. The Nets are deep. They don't the Bucks have haven't been able to perform in the playoffs, play. man. That would be a great matchup. Yeah, in but my the Knicks, have, the Knicks have never been in the playoffs. All right, I, I Matt, think it would be a good series. Like I think the Knicks could bring them to seven, but I don't think they can. We got to move. Series. We got to move on. Then, I, Matt, I final think, comments. Yeah, my final comments are the Knicks have magic right now. Thibodeau, you got D Rose in there coming off the bench, like making making you know a splash. I think that he's an X factor there. Don't count him out. Julius Randle's playing like an All Star superstar. R.J. Barrett is a future just floor general. He's already playing like one. I think with Thibodeau and what he's done and he's turned that team around, they are the definition of a magic upset formula. They can upset a team that you don't expect to lose in the first round. I think the first round is is where we can see them have, have an upset, but I don't think they'll go past that. But they're first right. round upset alert. All right. Well, great debate here. You know, we'll see if they end up at the, um, you know, they're, they're in a couple games of the four and the five seed. They're like two games back. So we'll see where they end up. Obviously, I don't think they'll have to do a play in a lot on seeding. But, you know, Matt, I'm going to have to go with you simply because of the it's, comments it's on the defensive they're, efficiency um, and how consistent they've been win, this year on that. They're 13, they're 13 and 15 against winning teams. So, I mean, you go with Matt if you want. But I already knew the def- defensive rating. I didn't bring it up because it doesn't matter. But it's cool. Defense matters. Matt. Defense matters. Good debate. Yeah, but um, not, when you can't, not when you can't score with a team in the playoffs. All right, nice. Uh, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Um, hey. So, I – so here we go. Um, I'm going to go with um, is Steph Curry the best shooter ever? And I'm going to put myself and Chris on the couch. And I'm going to uh, put myself uh, first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first. I know you're going to put yourself first and say, yeah, and put me in a spot where I can't win this. It's straight. All right. And uh, go ahead, Matt. Starting now. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's, it's because, you know, he's my era, you know, as a lot of people say in these sort of debates, I think that inarguably, you know, he is, I mean, you look at all time, uh, three point is made. He's two behind Ray Allen. Uh, you look at three point percentage. He's, um, you know, a little, a little bit farther down. I think he's about six. It's funny. His, his brother's a little bit ahead of him, but, um, free throws, which is huge. That's still shooting free throw percentage. He is number one all time. Okay. And, you know, I'm sorry, three point percentage. He is six. He is six. So I'm sorry. This guy is in top five for, for these, most of these stats. He's six. Just, you know, Joe Harris is just edging him out a little bit on three point percentage. But, you know, I think that Steph in the clutch too, you know, he's, he's got two MVPs. This guy has multiple championships. He's the best shooter I've ever seen. And that's just my, my heart and my gut and my opinion. But I also backed it up a little bit with the stats there. And, you know, free throws are not, you know, not a small thing. And the fact that he's number one all time is all really right. impressive. And I think he's all the best right. shooter I've ever seen. Okay. Chris? Splash. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Being a, being a big UConn fan, I got to bring up Ray Allen, who was definitely the best three-point shooter of all time until Steph Curry stepped foot on a court. Um, yes, you know why Steph Curry is? Steph Curry is – 200 threes off first place all time and he has played 
basically just a little over half of the amount of games Ray Allen played. Like all these dudes, like top, all the top 10, it's Ray Allen played 18 seasons. And then Reggie Miller played 18, Corver 17, Vince Carter 22, Jason Terry 19, Crawford 20. But he's in front of most of these guys. And he played, he played, he's only played 12 seasons. He played 748 games. You know, Ray Allen played 1,300 games. It's it's incredible, and he's and he's attempted a thousand less three pointers than Ray Allen, and he is two hundred and eighteen off of his pace already, and he's still got he could play. What if he plays thirteen hundred games? He's gonna hit he's gonna hit almost six thousand threes for his career. It's you said a thousand less shots, Chris, that he's taken. A thousand less three point attempts. Okay. Wow. All right, that's hey, all we got. Stats there, Chris. The three-point three point attempts I mean, were set is seven four two nine Ray Allen to six three two five Steph Curry. Good points, good points. I will say, you know, Ray Allen's another one that comes up among the best shooters of all time, and as he Reggie should. Miller too. Um, just a quick stat I wanted to mention here: career games with ten plus made three pointers. Um, Ray Allen did it once. Well, yeah, he did it once, and games with ten plus three pointers. This week, Steph Curry did it three times this past week. <laughs> so, and I'll just say that Unreal. You know, I was watching a lot of those. I'll just say, well, I'll ask the question. We were Matt, watching one of those games together. What about what is it about Steph Curry that makes him, you know, that makes him so one of the best of all time? For me, it's just the fact that he can pull up from sheer anywhere on the court, and you think it might go in. It could be any time in the game. <laughs> It could, uh, be that shot at the end. it could be from the logo. And you're like, remember the he, going he took, he, which remember one, the deep shot he took at the end of the game? Remember the deep shot that he missed, like, at the end of the game where you're like, he pulled up from almost half court and none of us were like, oh, that's not a – nobody said it was a bad shot because it was Steph yeah, Curry. It's, it's, he had a chance to make I think it. That, I think that he to, – to your question, Nick, I think that he completely uh, redesigned the way that the game is played. I think if Steph Curry didn't exist, the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni wouldn't have rearranged their whole offense – to, to take more threes than two pointers uh, on average in their season. I think that not only can he pull it from anywhere, but he's also redefined a bad look. I mean, this guy knows exactly where he is more, more than anyone I've ever seen in my life on the court. He could literally be not looking at the basket, turn around, take a turnaround from the hit three and it goes in. So I think yeah. redefining the game and how the how offense is played and redefining what a good look is, which we see Dame Dollar do. He pulls up from anywhere. We think it's not a good look, but I, I don't think it's stepping. Dame's existed. unbelievable, too. Yeah, yeah right. Dame's unbelievable, too. But I think that he redefined offenses. He redefined what a good look is. Good points. I mean, yeah, just the muscle memory he's got for anywhere on the floor. It's impeccable. <laughs> and I mean, Chris, all of us need to admit, like, it's really awesome. Well, that final we, comments we about, you know, maybe as a shooter, how he's changed the nature of the game, you know, yeah. you know um, that brought that up think, a little bit. I think the game, I think the game today is why Steph Curry is such a great shooter because it was never like the three points, like when that's what Ray Allen stats are incredible and Reggie Miller, especially because the three wasn't, so much in the offense then but they played so many more games so it's not it's not like Steph Curry is at a point where it's not efficient he's shooting at the same efficiency as these guys and shooting the volume more way more volume mm -hmm. so it's un, it's pretty unbelievable That's how he point. changed the game because all these teams you I, I was coaching youth basketball last year you see it all the way down there everybody wants to shoot threes because they want to be like Steph Curry be dancing around everybody dances around hits a three dances around like Steph now <laughs> it's it's a pretty amazing it's pretty amazing seeing it especially be how i was able to see it at such a young age these kids wanting to shoot threes and stuff more like back when i played like like youth basketball it was it wasn't like that not every, everybody wasn't trying to shoot threes and stuff it was still more about going to the basket get good looks now it's about hey if you if you got a if you got room shoot because three yeah. is more than two so why not if you can make it shoot it yeah, and that I, really comes back to I, Steph Curry at this point. I think it's a um, yeah, great conversation we had. You know, no disrespect to Ray Allen, one of the best of all time, but you got kids on the schoolyard now taking these 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 threes, practicing from way outside. Half court and it's, it, it's we're going to see how he's going to be impacting the game, much like LeBron, much like Michael Jordan, much like Kobe. You call, he's you really, call that Steph range, like how you yeah. shoot a bat, like if you shoot garbage into the garbage can, you call it Kobe. If someone takes a deep shot, you're like, oh, you got Steph That's range. Steph. Yeah. You know what I mean? You say it's Steph. I mean, you know? I mean, 51 threes in eight games this month thus far. It's unbelievable. The guy, it's ridiculous. The guy, 
We got uh, mo- real quick another stat just for the listeners. Most games with eight plus made threes in NBA history. Steph Curry fifty six, the closest second. Da- uh, Damian Lillard at twenty two. I mean, I mean, insane. and all- and also we-, we talk a lot about the threes, but ninety point seven percent all time free throw percentage. He's attempted two thousand eight hundred and thirty one. He's made uh, no, he's sorry, he's attempted three thousand one hundred and twenty one, and he's made. 2,831. I mean, that's ridiculous. And, and I mean, the comeback start at the line. So if this guy can't hit it from three, he's getting hit down low and he's, and he's just, it's automatic. And we yep. just, like, the thing is we watch him at the line and we're like, oh yeah, it's two points. Some guys are just bricking it, but this guy, I mean, it, you can't also disregard the free throws. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it's yeah. a robot. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Automatic from the line. We can go on for hours about this guy. Uh, the we're Chef lucky to Curry. watch him. One of the best of all time, uh, and um, you know, just one of just one of the best to ever lace him up. Uh, very, cl- very good uh, conversation it's here. Unbelievable. I'm gonna go with Chris simply because of the yeah, great stats, staggering Chris. stat of a thousand less oh shots for three point attempts to the closest next guy you think of when you think of shooter Ray Allen. Although we got, uh, so know, he's, I, he, I, if yeah. you think about it, he's gonna he's probably still gonna be about 500 threes off when he breaks that record. If he and shout, the same listen to this, shout out to the Curry brothers because they are top six in three point percentage. I mean, a pair of brothers, Seth Curry is four, and Joe Steph Cur- Curry. Joe Curry <laughs> taught him how to shoot from the young exactly. age. Exactly, and all, and shout out to Steve. Yeah, you Curry, can't have dinner until you, until you shoot three. Five threes or something. I don't know what he was doing. I mean, a pair of brothers that are top six and, and three point percentage. It's fantastic. All right, we got to move on. Chris, you're going to be choosing who's on the couch. I think you still can. You haven't exercised your right to sit. I have you? put myself. So, so right now it's two. So you have two. I have two. And Matt it's has two, one. Two, I, have, one. No, I have not. I have not exercised my right to put wow, myself Chris, on the couch. Wow, Chris. Chris, I have to do say that is the, now. Yeah, is the MVP of holding on to his couch, man. Yeah, he holds on no. to that couch. I'm very strategic. It's a strategy. But I'm I am gonna put myself on the couch now and I'm gonna go against Matt in is Julia Edelman a Hall of Famer? And yeah. I'm gonna go first. All right. All right. Chris, so have a seat on the couch. So let me know. Let me know when let me know when to start my minute. Uh, I I've been waiting for this one since since he retired. All right. You can you can go ahead and get started right now. All right. So being a big Pats fan here, putting that out, Edelman is not a Hall of Famer. Edelman, this is the main reason why teams have made their own Hall of Fames. Edelman is a Patriots Hall of Famer. He's a Patriot. Uh, he's going to be in the Pats Hall of Fame. They give him those little red jackets. I'm sure everybody's seen them. <laughs> but this is why, for players like this, this is why teams have made their own Hall of Fame. Because I'm, I'm going to give you a reason why Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm just going to give you stats of two players here. I'm not going to say who they are. So this is. So the first player I'm going to give you is 620 catches, 6,822 yards, 36 touchdowns. That's that's for career, 137 games, okay? I'm going to give you the second player I'm going to name. Played 140 games, so that's three more. Had 518 catches, 6,644 yards, 39 touchdowns for their career. All right, would, I'm going to ask you, Nick, are either of those players Hall of Fame just off those numbers? Um, they only had, no. probably not, right? I'm gonna go. Yeah, no. All right, so you know, you want to know who those two players are? Julian Edelman and Dion Branch. Would you even consider Dion Branch in the Hall of Fame at all? No, no. But I, exactly, mm-hmm. I'm not. No disrespect to Dion Branch. He won a Super Bowl MVP. I'm a pa- huge Pats fan. I love both of them. But no, I, I wouldn't put either one of the. Neither of those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Edelman was a is a. I understand he's. He's second all-time in receiving yards for the playoffs, but they were playing three playoff games a year for his whole career. What other what other player besides Jerry Rice, who's number one, right. was in even close to as many of those Super Bowls? Good points. So you gotta look, you gotta look into that too. But I think just based off of the stats I brought, he's not he's not a Hall of Famer. Matt, go ahead. I'll let Chris go a little bit longer there. So you can go ahead and you might probably get an extra 30 seconds. Go ahead. You know what? I, I, I do think that uh, Julian Edelman is is a Hall of Famer. Um, I think, you know, being a three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, a, a Super Bowl MVP, I think Super Bowl MVPs, if they're not, they should be, uh, you know, held a little bit higher in terms of um, uh, reason why someone should be in the Hall of Fame. Because Branch has a Super Bowl MVP, too. Especially when it's not a quarterback, I just think it's really impressive. Um, you know, I just think that with – 
the the 41 touchdowns. You mentioned, Chris, that it's not that you know big of a deal, but most receptions in NFL playoff history has 118. You know, behind Jerry Rice at 151, that's really, really impressive. And you know what? I'm going to bring this up too, which some people people might think is an unpopular opinion. But you know what? Very recently, he's been a spokesperson for the Jewish community. There's not many Jewish players in the NFL, and I think that that is also going to come into play when people are voting. That he represents, um, you know, people in that community that didn't, you know, have a large representation in the league. And some people might think that doesn't have anything to do with it because it doesn't have anything to do with football. But I had to go there because Chris was bringing up a lot of stats before me. And I think that because of that, just like we've seen in other you know, demographics have blazed the trail in other industries and have been given the you know, uh, kudos that they deserve for kind of blazing the trail, I think that might have something to do with it. Not only that, but because of how dominant he was. So I think that um, that it, it might, might come into play. But all the stats you mentioned, too, where he is in playoff receptions, three-time champion, Super Bowl MVP, I mean, 6,822 reception yards. It's impressive. And, and I just think that he might edge in there, maybe not right away, but he'll get in eventually, I think. Great points. Great points. Um, I want to ask. What does religion have to do with football? Well, you got to. Hey, hey, I don't know, man, but but some voters might think. I don't know. Well, you got to, uh, you know, when it comes to stories and, and, and you know, getting people in that, you know, it's going to make headlines. I mean, tell me a little bit about how impressive it was that he's this you know, a former seventh round pick. I believe he played quarterback in college, if I'm not mistaken, Chris. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but uh, it's a, yeah, no, I'm not saying his obviously his career was so impressive. It was unbelievable. He was Tom Brady's security blanket for years. But I'm going to bring up some more stats right here to kind of finish out. This player had 903 catches, 9,924 9, yards, 50 touchdowns. You know who this is? Who did it? Who did it before? He had three thousand more yards than Julian Edelman. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Wow! I get the rings. Yeah, the rings. The rings are yeah, right. The rings matter. But Deion Branch had a Super Bowl MVP. Play, had the same game in the Super Bowl. He's had. He's got two rings. It's not three, but he still has two Super Bowl rings. And for that, for that case, Wes Welker is not in the Hall of Fame, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider Wes Welker a Hall of Famer either. So I, I just don't see how. Like I get. We watched him play. He's he's a very gritty player. He, he played through injuries, all that. Yes, he has the makeup for, like, to be a Hall of Fame, but that's why he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame and not the NFL Hall of Fame. It's, like I said before, yeah. that's the reason why good, they made Good the points, Matt. Final points. I mean, he's 156 all-time, to Chris's point, in receiving yards. Um, but uh, I'll preface this. Chris, you can respond as well once he has his 30 seconds. But we haven't talked too much about his efficiency in the playoffs. How important is that? and the decision to potentially have him in the Hall of Fame? I think huge. I think that where he ranks uh, in receptions, uh, second all-time uh, behind Jerry Rice um, in, in terms of most uh, receptions in the playoffs, I think it's huge. I think that, you know, Chris brings up a lot that you got to remember who's thrown to him. You got to remember he's play mm -hmm. he was playing with the best QB ever. Um, and if that has something to do with how well he did, but he's also the guy catching the ball. And I think he saved Brady with that catch that we all remember. So where he was the you know MVP of the Super Bowl. So I think that your efficiency in the playoffs is huge. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not really sure how the regular season comes into play um, over your success in the postseason when people are voting. But I do think that the regular season probably weighs a little bit more if you don't have rings um, when people are um, voting for Hall of Fame. But in terms of his uh, career, I think that the playoffs are going to, matter a lot um but mm -hmm. overall i think that it's a mixture of, of of both um but i think that where he is with receptions is very important so you th you th so you think he's gonna get in off of that i don't i just i, I just don't i think eventually he'll get in i don't think it's gonna be first ballot or even second i think he'll edge in there at some point with a weaker class because my thing is my thing is um heinz ward isn't in the hall of fame right either I was going to mention Heinz Ward because he has an MVP, right? A thousand receptions, in the twelve thousand yards, eighty-five touchdowns, and a Super Bowl MVP too. He's not in the Hall of Fame. How the hell do you put Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame? That's All it. Right. Dropping the mic. Yeah, let's drop the mic there. Great debate. You know, I let this one run a little bit longer because it's a tough one. I will say, you know, one fifty-six all-time receiving. The, the, the sheer ability that he had during the playoffs, 119 catches, 1,400 yards. I'm, I'm you not know sure I love Julian Edelman. 
It's very impressive. It's, and it's it was one tough the, for me. Can to we all agree? Can we all agree? He's one of the best seventh round picks of all time. I mean, yes, and I agree with that. And I also, I, I hear Chris's <laughs> point about about the the Patriots Hall of Fame, which yeah. you know I didn't really even consider that 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 teams have their own Hall of Fame because we're also focused on the on the actual Hall of Fame. Um, I just want to say shout out. All right. Point. Well, I have to make a ruling here. I'm going to go with Chris simply because of the comparison with some of the other very yeah, very great receivers in this league over the past it's couple of years. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to get in. I'd be okay with it if he's if if he's in, but he definitely should be, and he will be in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Um, shout out to great careers from Marcus Aldrich, and shout out to great careers, a uh, great career from uh, Julian Edelman. Was, really appreciated watching he's you one guys. Of my favorite players. out there on the court and on the field. I can't hate on Edelman. And also, Chris, you know, I love music. I love Edelman. And, al- and also, I do want to shout out, um, you know, Steph Curry because I think we all, outside of this uh, sports podcast and, and bringing up stats, just are really grateful for being able to watch one of the best ever because he's, he's not going to be doing it forever. And to say that, you know, we got to watch him his whole career. People are going to be looking back at highlights. I, I feel really lucky to be able to watch yep. that as well. Really appreciate it's everyone, everyone tuning in. Chris is going to be taking the win today at Woo, three. Chris, Chris gets nice the win. Chris. And now we're at uh, four, three, we'll come back. one after episode eight. Really appreciate everyone taking the time to Matt listen. Uh, shout out to our very own Matt Madden for his birthday tomorrow. It'll be Thank big you. 28. Uh, and then shout yeah, out to my we'll girlfriend, Allison Crone. Appreciate oh, you yeah. listening. Um, motivating me to do this. Um, happy birthday to you this past Sunday. Um, and thanks for uh, our listeners for listening. Uh, please feel free to comment if you want to listen to something. If you want a particular something that comes up during the week in sports you want us to talk about. Next week, we're going to focus a lot on the hit draft up. coming up. Um, so maybe generate some questions. Definitely uh, hit us up. You know, and try to get some that. more people on here. We're going to try to get some, yep, some guests Hell on yeah, as well. We had, we had here. We had Harry Duffy on early. We're going to try to get – maybe have some more people on to try to get some different opinions, maybe go off the episode. Maybe we'll have an episode where we're not kind of focused on us winning, where we just want to see some other people's opinion, maybe bring some of the questions back we've already went into and see get some yep. other people's ideas. And, just and Chris, if you, want, if you want to shout out and shout out media to, uh, and where to, where to contact yeah, us. Like and, and, shout, uh, shout, out, shout out to the social media. you got to – Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. We're on the we're on the um, Apple Podcast. We're on Spotify. I don't know what else we're on. We're on all Simplecast <laughs> website. I finally got it right. Yep. <laughs> um, shout shout out to um, Happy Birthday to Matt. Happy Birthday to Allison. Thanks. Um, shout out to Matt for having a little. Check out um, Strong Fox Productions too if you want to get your little music groove on too. Sometimes our very own Matt Madden. And, He's got his friend. I think his name was Patrick. Patrick yeah. yeah, we saw we saw them play around a little on Sunday. It was pretty good. I don't know where was that the Note Kitchen or whatever or something. Yep, like yep. that was phenomenal food too. I would go yeah, check that place food. out too. They're not a sponsor, so we don't care if you really go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, but, thanks um, a lot, yeah, everyone. So shout out there. Yep. Shout out to all the listeners. Everybody listens every week. Shout out Mike Madden or the dude from The Office. <laughs> Looks Michael just like Scott. him. Had the dyed hair, Michael Scott. If you see him at the, if you see him in public in Newtown, no, it is not Michael Scott. It is just Mike Madden. Just relax. And no, they're not related to John Madden either. But everybody have a, have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, Thanks, guys.